from the Cyber Hub Bunker and Studio. You're tuning in to the Cyber Hub Podcast. And now for your host and CISO, James Azar. Good morning, security gang. Happy Monday. I hope everyone had a magnificent weekend. Welcome to another week and another exciting episode of the Cyber Hub Podcast. Monday, March 27th, 2023. We have a very very packed show after a very, very busy Friday and an even busier weekend for so many practitioners. If you're walking into the office as this show uh, is going on, then I bet you your inbox is filled with all kinds of different alerts. We'll try to get ahead of those and tell you what you should be looking at and what you shouldn't be looking at. Again, we're live on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. This show is live every Monday through Thursday at 9 a.m. Eastern. You can also catch us on your favorite podcast listening platform. Catch all the latest there. We do have an issue with Apple Podcast updating uh, that should be resolved at some point today, I believe. Um, so we'll keep you there, but you can still find us on uh, Google, Spotify, everywhere else um, is, is all up to date, as well as our YouTube channel, where you can catch all the latest. Good morning to Anthony, Brennan, everyone else tuning into this morning's show. Before we get started, a tradition to power us through my double espresso this morning. Please join me in a coffee cup. Cheers. Let's have a great week. We'll kick off with the news that's been occupying the entire world, which is the Twitter source code leak. Twitter on Friday sent the copyright violation notice to GitHub requesting the removal of a repository that contained Twitter source code. Twitter, which is now owned by Musk, blah, blah. We all know that story. In addition to the repository uh, takedown, the social media platform was also asking for information that could help it identify the owner and the users who might have had access to the repository before it was suspended. In the request, they said, please preserve any and all copies of any related uploads, downloads, access history, any and any contact info, IP addresses, or other session info related to the same and any associated logs related to this repo or any forks thereof before removing all infringing contents from GitHub. GitHub complied with the DMCA takedown notice and suspended public access to the repository on, on Friday. The Microsoft-owned platform also published a copyright request for transparency, according to GitHub, in its attempt to identify the culprit for the leak. Twitter filed takedown request documents with the U.S. District Court of Northern California. There's been no further comment from the folks over at Twitter, but nonetheless, your source code sitting on GitHub is quite the quite the challenge there now if you're twitter you can do one of two things you can either embrace this and say bug bounty our source code was already out there anyone who reports a bug get money or double down go after the culprits we'll see what twitter looks like they're going for the latter rather than the first i mean I'm not saying it should be okay to steal source code and post it on github uh, irregardless to what people think um so so there's that Emitat Malware is back, and with tax season here in the United States at full swing, they're distributing malware with fake W-9 tax forms from the IRS. The new phishing campaign, which is targeting U.S. taxpayers by impersonating W-9 tax forms allegedly sent by the IRS and companies you work with, Emitat being a notorious malware, is now back and fully at it. This is when Microsoft began blocking macros. In Office documents, Emitat switched to OneNote, and now they've switched to these W9s. Once Imitat is installed, the malware does steal victim emails to use in future reply chain attacks, send further spam emails, and ultimately install additional malware that provides initial access to other threat actors like ransomware gangs as they sell that service. 
Emitad is gearing up for U.S. tax season, which is uh, about four weeks away uh, for, for many Americans who file their taxes. The Emitad malware operation commonly uses themed phishing campaigns to coincide with holidays and yearly business activities like the current tax season. Malwarebytes and Palo Alto's Unit 42 have all seen these emails and confirmed they're containing fake W-9 tax form attachments. In the campaign by Malwarebytes, the threat actor sent emails titled IRS Tax Forms W-9 while impersonating an inspector from the IRS. These phishing emails contained a zip archive named W-9.zip. And by the way, W-9 would never come in a zip format. Just so that everyone knows, if you're watching and you're not a cybersecurity professional and then based on some of the comments I've seen and some of the messages I've gotten, that's also the case, then you, the IRS would never email you. Number one, the, the IRS doesn't email anyone. They don't email you. They'll only contact your accountant if your accountant is lucky enough to get a response back. Everything comes from the IRS, comes through traditional USPS. So just for the sake of that, this is a good message to send out to your entire companies today. Tax season ramps up. We're seeing Emitat do X. By the way, just so you know, these are best practices. Send that out, kind of a three-line email to everyone in the company saying, protect yourself this tax season, protect your loved ones, make it easy to share, get some someone from marketing involved to make a nice little graphic that people can share and post online. And that's how you combat this. You really put it everywhere so that you reduced its effectiveness and then they've got to think of something else and they will. But until then, we've reduced this vector. So we'll go to our next story here. There is a security breach. Procter & Gamble is confirming a breach through the Fortra Go Anywhere Zero Day. Consumer goods giant Procter & Gamble has confirmed that a data breach affecting an undisclosed number of employees after its Go Anywhere MFT secure file sharing platform was compromised in early February. They're saying that the attackers did not gain access to employees' financial or social security information, although they did manage to steal some of their data, likely home addresses, date of birth, etc. PNG did can confirm that one of its many companies affected by the Fortune Go Anywhere incident as part of this incident, um, and as, as unauthorized third party obtained some information about some PNG employees. The data that was obtained by the unauthorized party did it include social security numbers, national ID cards national ID numbers, sorry, credit card details, or bank account information. They've got no evidence at this time that the data breach impacted any customer data and they've stopped using the Fortra Go Anywhere secure file sharing service after discovering the incident. And I think that's the line you focus on. They've stopped using the service, meaning they've switched or they're using something completely different. Fortra could potentially face ramifications of this including the loss of customers because Klopp for their, on their end saying that they've actually breached 130 organizations through CVE 2023-0669. So they've allegedly stole data over 10 days from 130 companies. We've known that Rubrik, Hitachi Energy, Saks Fifth Avenue, and the city of Toronto are all victims. And I'm sure this list is only going to continue to grow in the coming days and weeks. A malicious chat GBT extension is now adding to the Google Chrome woes. So chat GBT, extremely, extremely popular. Everyone wants to play with it. Everyone wants to have a good time with it. Threat actors know that, and they're creating malicious extensions that sit on Chrome. And they look like chat GBT. They sound like chat GBT, but they're not. They're essentially stealing uh, Facebook account information, at least specifically this one, and browser extensions. And then using that to take over people's Facebook accounts. You get what do they get out of that? Uh, potential extortion, potential the ability to target other people through your network and get them to fall for something. And then 
leverage that and move move across. Remember, attackers have time, right? They're not they don't have a deadline to launch a cyber attack. They don't. They want to launch a prolific attack. They want to launch an attack that's going to increase their chances of getting paid or being able to sell the data. So they're patient. They'll go through your Facebook account. They could take over the account. They could just watch the account and slowly but surely they can intercept messages. They can send uh, malicious extensions to people you know and move on. That way they can even comment in your name on specific posts and turn off notifications so that you don't see that actually happening. The malware itself exploits the Google Chrome API uh, to uh, filter the session cookies for Facebook accounts, giving threat actors full access to the account based on version 1.16.6 of the open source project. This fake GBT variant does not does only one specific malicious action right after installation. The rest is basically the same as the genuine code, leaving no reason to suspect it. From March 3rd to March 9th, a minimum of 2,000 individuals per day acquired that malicious quick access to chat GPT Chrome extension from the Google Play App Store. And Google has to realize they've got a problem with the Google Play Store, right? Like they've got to start addressing that issue. We constantly talk about it, but Google definitely needs to start addressing it. Microsoft has pushed an out-of-bounds security update for the Windows snipping tool flaw that we discussed several weeks ago, CVE 2023-28303. The, Acropo- the Acropelapius vulnerability that caused image editors not properly removing crop image data when overriding the original file has now been patched by Microsoft and that patch has been pushed out. Make sure you get that patched up as well. In the national cybersecurity strategy, and even before that, one of the big things that Sessa talked about and Jen Easterly was the supply chain security prototype and kind of building a framework because CC, uh, CMC, CMMC, which was developed by the DOD, apparently hasn't struck a nerve within CISA. And so now MITRE has rolled out their own supply chain security prototype joining the attack and defend framework. They're calling it the SOT, System of Trust Framework, that defines and quantifies risks and cybersecurity concerns to the supply chain. The so-called Risk Model Manager platform is now available for organizations to assess supply chain risks and security, as well as view, edit, and customize the SOT framework content or export it to use as a subset framework. MITRE first debuted the concept at last year's RSA. They'll officially announce it at this year's RSA uh, a month from today. Yours truly will not be at RSA. I'm skipping RSA this year. I'll write a post about it later. You guys can read it. Software supply chain risk and security uh, received a loud wake-up call after solar winds and then the lock 4J, obviously. Now, the system of trust is very appealing because it gives a structure that's more comprehensive, well laid out, explains what kinds of risks you have in your supply chain in detail, according to Robert Martin, who's one of the principal engineers at MITRE Lab. That goes beyond traditional risk measurements and assessment tools, according to him. There are some 40 organizations currently involved in the shaping of the SOT platform, which now includes some 660 specific supply chain categories and risk factors. MITRE is gathering input to to flush out the tool from businesses with supply chain, supply chain security vendors, and standard groups that touch some element of the supply chain operation. Among some of the big members, Microsoft, BlackBerry, CISA, Cisco, Dell, Intel, MasterCard, NASA, Raytheon, Schneider Electric, Siemens, and the Open Group are all part of this. It'll be very interesting. I have yet to play with this, by the way. I will, and I will do a short video and a, and a write-up on it uh, once it's there. Our final feel-good story of the day. 
there's one state in this country that actually gets it. That state happens to be North Dakota, where about seven people live. The state of North Dakota is the first state in the nation to approve legislation requiring cybersecurity education. It's the first in-nation piece of legislation that's going to benefit North Dakota schools, students, families in our institution, according to Governor Doug Burgum. Doug, uh, Governor Burgum signed into law House Bill 139 or 8, which requires the teaching of computer science and cybersecurity and the integration of these content standards into the classroom of K-12 grade. Cybersecurity is one of the most pressing issues we have in North Dakota. Governor Burgum says we are now we now live in a world where information no longer only comes from books. As soon as children are, bur- are born, they are surrounded by th- technology. This bill started in 2015. Uh, when they started a working group and it took them only eight years to pass it with 12 people in the state, maybe 15. I don't know how many people live in North Dakota. Uh, you guys can put your guesses in the comments. No, no disrespect to North Dakota. And thank you to uh, Reggie uh, Davis for pointing this one out. Uh, he sent me the link over the weekend. So I'm glad I was able to get that. Uh, so again, you can always see stories you want us to cover. Look at, we'll gladly take those. Uh, you can, Email those to our website at cyberhotpodcast.com or reach out to me directly on LinkedIn. That's it for our show this morning. We'll be back tomorrow at 9 a.m. Eastern right here on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. You can always catch the rerun at 10 a.m. Until then, have a great rest of your day. Have a great, magnificent, amazing week. And most importantly, y'all, stay cyber safe. We love feedback, so make sure to connect with us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform.